Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Good morning and welcome to today's episode of JA's Recipe for Success. I'm Laurie Salarulo, your host, President and CEO of Junior Achievement. It is always such a pleasure to spend some time with uh, leaders and entrepreneurs and just amazing people. Uh, I feel very fortunate to have this opportunity. And so today's guest is someone that I met uh, several years ago when I was the CEO of Leadership Broward. Uh, And she has... Um, inspired me, motivated me, and just really um, influenced some of the ways that I think around things. And so I want to introduce my friend um, and colleague, founder of All Systems Grow, and she defined author, amazing, awesome woman. Good morning, Julia Aquino. Good morning, Lori. How are you? I am good. I am good. Um, so how are you doing? First of all, how's everything? You know what? I'm doing really well. Uh, you know, I've been working in this new world of um, virtual. Uh, my clients, my coaching, everything is on Zoom. And I've enjoyed it so much that I've told my clients, good luck ever seeing me in person again. Now, I say it in jest, uh, but I really and recognizing how productive and on on purpose and intentional I can be when I'm not driving an hour each way in the car, you know, trying to be Zen uh, when traffic doesn't want me to be Zen. So it really has been pretty cool, you know, doing it from harder because I find that the car would give me at least that time to kind of get my thoughts together chill for a minute in between meetings. And now I feel like it's just back to back. And so that's probably my fault. And you, if, if you were coaching me, you would tell me that I need to change my calendar. Well, what I'm doing is I give myself two hours of work and then a half hour of walking. So I literally am getting 10 to 12,000 steps every day in right now because I am taking meaningful breaks where I walk or I um, go in the next room over here and do yoga stretches or I do something that shifts me even for 15 minutes so that I can shift back into what I need to do more purposefully intentionally. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually able right now, but mostly Lori, because of the work I've done. And I said, I can't go around preaching balance when I'm the most imbalanced person on the planet. Exactly. Yeah, so that's true. I remember I got asked to speak one time about work-life balance, and I laughed and I said, "You want me to speak about work-life balance? Like I have the least amount of balance, you know." And I, I always think that it's not about balance; it's more about integration. And so, what you're doing is integrating right work yep. and health and taking care of your mind and body and soul. So, talk a little bit about. Because um, I don't know that a lot of people know what All Systems Grow, where she defined, is all about. But before we get there, talk a little bit about maybe a, a one or two pivotal moments in your life that got you to where you are today. 
doing what you're doing. You know, you and I have talked about young people and some of them don't have any idea what they want to do and where they want to go. And so what helped you figure that out? So I was in corporate America for whew, 20 years, probably. And um, it was back, you know, I started in the 80s and, you know, I ended in the late 90s. But what was happening for me back then is, you know, I'm a very strong female personality. And I have always been, you know, since six years old, I remember pulling a girl off my niece who was, you know, a foot taller than me because she was bullying her. So I've always been sort of that protector. And in corporate America, I was no different. So I would stand up not only for what I needed, but for what my employees needed and what the, the culture needed from, you know, really the disregard for gender, race, or anything, right? So at some point I was called unemployable because I would speak up. And I came home one day um, to my husband at the time and, and I said, they're stealing my soul. Mm -hmm. And that's literally how I felt. I felt like my voice couldn't be heard. My true intention couldn't be heard. Um, and so I wasn't fully capable or able to have an impact. Now, whether or not that was true at the time, I don't know. I may have walked away too soon. Um, because I think if I would have kept speaking, I could have probably had more impact. But at the time I was broken and I was tired. And so I walked away. I walked away from corporate America and that's, but I was, I didn't, I wasn't content being at home either. You know, so I was, you know, I, I had worked very, very hard to get pregnant. You know, my, my pregnancy took five years um, and lots of pain. And so I worked through that and I did some type of consulting work. But after that, I said, I'm going back to work, but I'm going back to work on my terms. And that's really where my entrepreneurial journey started. And I think it, you know, over time, you know, I did what I was really good at strategy operations. I have degrees in finance and masters in accounting. So, you know, I can look at numbers and know what's going on operationally and I can go into the operation and make their numbers better. So that's what I was good at. And now I'm in the space of doing what I think is intentional and purposeful and in, in world changing. Interesting. I love that. I love that line, sealing my soul. That's that's uh and, and as a young person, that's that's pretty incredible, right? To be able to realize that and make that change. And so a lot of your work. Um, with All Systems Grow, I, it sounds like it's more strategic from the organizational perspective, whereas she defined is really more about the street, figuring out your individual goals and strategic direction. Do I have that right? Is that very, very right? So All Systems Grow in the beginning was really focused on strategy and operations, strategy and operations. And over time, what I did was I said, look, I can... I can give you the best strategy in the world. I can make sure you have the most effective and efficient processes. But at the end of the day, humans are running that. And so where I ended up going, even with all systems grow, and we're actually in the process of rebranding as a result to be more encompassing, but I started bringing in the people part of it. So really looking at the roles, how the roles tie in, do we have the right people in the right roles doing the right things in the right way? 
Um, and are we being purposeful in our hiring? Are, is our hiring aligned with our strategy? Do we have a strategy with how we're going to hire and making sure we have the diverse thinking and um, equality of purpose and roles and pay? So what I did was I created a more holistic approach to growing companies that included the bigger picture. Uh, and then what led into she defined was in my coaching and consulting work, what was happening was women were coming over to me all the time saying, I need something different. You know, I personally am struggling within the environment of my organization or within growing my company. And I need not only the consulting work, I need to know some of the pieces of the business I don't understand, but I also need to be able to talk to someone about what's going on with me as a female in this world. Mm. And she defined was born out of that. And it's really about, you know, I took the word redefined and, and brought it into she defined, and it's really about me defined, right? So I get to define myself before the world defines me. Or if the world has already defined me in a way that doesn't really align with who I am, it's time for me to find my voice and speak up for not only who I am in the world, but uh, who I wish to be. But we first have to understand that deeply to be able to use that voice more intentionally. And so you do a lot of coaching around this with women, mostly, I, I think, right? Um, I have men too. What's that? I have men too. And men too. Um, yeah, I think we all need to figure that out, especially in today's world. It's much more complex, I think, than it was before. And the roles, I think, you know, when I was coming up through the corporate rank, the roles were different and they're changing today. Um, and while we're not there yet, as far as equality, for sure, um, we were a little bit better than we were um, back then. Uh, we can have more of that voice today uh, and speak up so that we don't allow them to steal our soul, right? As you put it. Yep. And so when you're working, you know, it's really interesting when I was with Leadership Broward, you know, I started Women Leading Broward. And the reason for that was because I felt like young women, especially new managers, rising managers really didn't, they didn't understand a lot of this. They were afraid to go after what they thought they deserved. Yeah. and what they were capable of and what they were qualified for. And it really struck me to watch how after that five month month session, there were women who actually quit their jobs, changed professions. You must see this kind of transformation all the time. Talk about that and how that feels. Well, so the, what that reminded me of, Lori, and I'm not going to you know, mention the organization's name, but an organization brought me in and said, hey, we want a program for our women because they're not performing at the same level as our men. Swear to God, exact words. So <laughs> I said, OK, so let's talk about, you know, maybe what's different because women sell differently women um, relate differently, women tend to build relationships versus sell. You know, there's all these pieces in this. So let's talk about maybe what, what is actually going on and let me speak to some of your women. So I create this whole program for them and they said, well, we think you're gonna empower women to leave. 
And I said, I don't have that power to empower another woman to leave. What she may find is that what's going on in the organization isn't aligned with what she needs or wants. And she may leave because she finds her truth. I said, but that's good for her and for you. I said, think about the impact you can have on your organization when you can empower them to be the best they can be for your organization and the best they can be for themselves. And maybe at a time like that, it was time for that company to think about their own values because maybe that person wouldn't leave if they were being filled right by a company who believed in them. Which was, yep. And so I think that that, I don't know if that answered your question. I think I went off on a tangent. No, 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 it did. Um, And I think, you know, listen, men and women watch this show. And so we're speaking uh, specifically about the woman part, but I think for the men watching, right, the men leaders in our community and in our organizations, you know, there's there's something here for them to learn as well. Um, and so when you work with organizations like the story you just gave, um, how can they grow? What what how would you tell them to approach things if they're running a company as a man? Um, and how do they create that equality, whether it's gender, race, sexual identity, whatever it is, how do you advise leaders and how do you coach them to create those kinds of inclusive and diverse companies? Uh, first step is honest assessment. And that doesn't always come from us, right? So we're gonna look at it and say, oh, but I've done all this work and I, I'm better, right? So better doesn't mean you're good. Better just means you may be better than you were. But if you're still not what your community needs, you're not good. So the best way to do it is to bring in, you know, four to five leaders and maybe even a couple from outside your organization to have the conversation and take an honest look at your practices, your hiring practices, um, your leadership. You can do surveys. You know, I do surveys when I go into organizations. Two questions. What's working and what's not? That's it. And you know what? I can find, you know, when when there's honesty and generally I'll get it, right? Because you'll have the outliers and then you'll have a group that really comes back with similar information. When you have that information, what's working and what's not, it shows you what you want to do more of. And then it gives you the opportunity, if you're willing, to own your part in it and then shift. And that insight changes companies when they're willing to acknowledge it and then have the conversation, which by the way, is the same thing that's happening in our communities right now. Yeah. You have to first acknowledge that there's an issue and then you got to be willing to have the conversation. And then you have to be willing to come to the table with change, with real change. And when that happens, it changes companies, it changes engagement of employees, it changes productivity levels. It changes, believe me, the people that it doesn't make sense to will leave it's okay right and the people that it makes sense to that it's aligned with that are willing to be a part of that change they're going to stay and make a better company but it has to start from the top down has to yeah you know i love uh, netflix has a great culture and they talk about if someone doesn't fit into that culture they actually say to them look we think you're great but you're not the right this is not the right place we want you to be happy and we need to make sure we have the right people. And they give them four months severance and send them on their way. Uh, I will, most of us wish we could do that. 
Um, and so when you don't have that money to do that with them, right, it makes it a little bit harder. But I think you're right. And I think sometimes leaders are afraid to make those changes and they're afraid to make those hard decisions to say it's not the right match. It's, right. Or, or the first part is that they have the courage to actually do the assessment. Yeah. And to own their part in it. You know, I think any growth as a, as a human being comes from owning the outcomes, period. So when we do good and good things happen, we get to own that outcome. But that means we also have to own the things we've done that are not okay. And yeah. yeah, and when we own those, only in ownership can we shift them. Can we do something different the next time? Can we learn? But if we don't own them, if we're blaming, if we're pointing the finger outward, if we're not saying, you know, my question is always, what's my role in this? Mm. And even with my kids, they'll say, well, so-and-so did X. And I'm like, okay, what was your role in it? Well, how could I have a role in that? Well, there's a role. There's, right. It may be hard to see or you may not want to see it, but you either allowed it or accepted it or tolerated it or started something that you haven't told me this other side yet. Right. But when we understand our role in it, we can learn and say, okay, that didn't work out well. I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember always asking my kids that question, especially my daughter. Well, it was the teacher. It was the coach did this. This one did this. Well, what was your role in it, right? How did you provoke it? How did you react to it? And so, 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 so important. So what are some of the things, you know, we, this is all about the recipe. Um, and so we've talked about, some of the recipe for companies, right, and individuals to be successful, uh, or at least to begin to set that path. What is what what have been some of the ingredients for Julia that have helped to make you successful? I think the first ingredient um, is walking through the fear. Mm. I think that life's not easy. And I think that when you really start to stand up for what you want and need, that's the most difficult part. And, you know, I'm going to simplify it, but literally, I, this is my self-talk. Julia, is this going to kill you? No. Okay, then do it. Like, literally, that's how I walk through the fear. So when I say I want something... Um, and the things I have to do to get it are scary or I've never done them or people told me eh, that's not you or you can't do that. I have to be willing, if I really want that thing, to walk through this fear to get me there. And that's a real big conversation that I have um, with my coaching clients, men and women. And then but I will say that in order to walk through the fear, we have to know what it is we want. So getting clear on that vision getting clear on, on why you want it, your purpose, uh, will help drive your ability to walk through that fear and gaining the confidence, whether it's through a mentor or, you know, looking backwards. I say the only time you're allowed to look backwards is to see how far you've come. Mm. And so when I, when I say, look, we went from being a baby in someone's arms to crawling and walking and running and graduating from high school and, you know, many of us from college and fighting through all kinds of stuff to get there. I was the first person in my family to go to college. They literally tried to talk me out of it. 
because of their fears. Right. So being able to not to to want that college so bad that I could walk through their fears and my fears and work two jobs to pay for college because my family couldn't afford it and doing whatever it took to get that. When I look at the fact that I've done that, I can then say, oh, this is nothing. I can do this. Mm, yeah. Yeah, fear stops us from doing a lot of things. So I always say courage. takes Absolutely takes courage. So what, what does success look like for Julia? What does it look like in your work? Success in my work for me is when... I'm gonna cry. <laughs> is when, I've never made anybody cry yet. <laughs> is when I get off a call, or I'm getting off a call, and um, I get an email or a phone call or a text that says, "You just changed my world." Mm. That's you know for me what success is. Or when I when I go into a company and employees come up to me and say, "I don't know what you did to our CEO, but." things are better. You know, that, that brings me joy. Right. And that's why you love what you do. It is. I love it. I love my, my people. I love my workshops. I love, I love being able to have an impact. And I love the learning that comes for me from each of those that I work with, because I learn, I mean, I'm learning about the human condition. I'm learning empathy. Um, I'm learning, you know, I notice when stuff comes up for me when I'm working with clients. So the learning for me, I'm a lifelong learner. That learning brings me um, real contentment as well. Yeah, I was going to, it's going to definitely talk about learning. So mm -hmm. you're learning from others as well, from, from your clients, from your, the people that you're coaching also learning from that. But I know you do more than that to oh, continue yeah. to grow and to learn, right? And what's how has that played a role in your life and in finding this, this career, right, and this passion? So about 32 years old. I was about 32 when um, this is probably another pivotal moment when I recognized I didn't like who I was being in the world. I was angry, I was resentful, I was quick to to take someone's head off. I mean, it was it was a lot of what probably drove my success, unfortunately. But it but it was there was a moment when I said, This isn't who I want to be in the world. And that was, you know, 23 years ago. And that is that was literally the moment where I started my journey of healing and self-discovery and reading and you know, I've done those heavy duty weekend retreats, you know, where you're pounding on pillows and screaming and doing all that, which was helpful. Um, I learned how to heal through some of that. And then, you know, I've done, you know, more meditative type retreats. I've done, I've read whew, my bookshelves, <laughs> hundreds, hundreds of books. You know, I, I figured out a long time ago that garbage in, garbage out, which means good stuff in, good stuff out. Right. So I stay away from the TV. I really spend time um, in the books, reading things that feed my soul or feed a lesson I need to learn. 
I practice meditation and trust me, it's a practice, right? It takes, whew, you know, I have good days and, and not so good days on that. But, you know, I, I really try to bring good things into my soul and into my heart so that I can be that for the world. So it's, it's very intentional now. You know, if I, if I feel myself slipping into pain or, or heartache or, or something I need to heal, I may go to journaling. If I feel like my, my thoughts around empathy are slipping, I may go to Brene Brown, you know, so I have my, my spaces that I go for the healing I need. I have a coach, my own coach, um, and mentors as well. So I've had a coach for 20 years. I've had a business coach and a life coach. So, you know, I, I, I have the support that I need around me when I need it. And I, I know now when to ask for help, which, you know, that would have been a, a, a sin in my world, you know, prior to 32 years old. You know, you talk about coaching and, and I love that you have a coach, right? Or two. Um, and I think sometimes I think that it's unfortunate that a lot of either companies don't pay for coaching for their employees who want it. Mm -hmm. um, but also that sometimes it's not something that everyone can access, right? For financial reasons or, you know, other reasons. And I just, it's, it's, it's so valuable when you have someone that, it, that who's holding you accountable Right. Someone that's not a family member or someone that's not a friend, but someone who's strictly there to help you be better. Yeah. Right. And so I don't know. We have to figure out a way to make this more accessible and affordable uh, for especially young people. And I mean young men and young women. Yep. You know, like I said earlier, today's world is so complex. I don't know how you figure out what you want to do and where you want to go and, and what that path looks like. I remember it was difficult for me back then. So I can't imagine what, what young people today with so much coming at them, right, are going through. And so I, I don't know, maybe there's something we need to be doing in our schools, in our high schools, more of it. Maybe we need to talk about that for JA students at least. I don't know, but I do know that I think more of our young people need this kind of work um, and this kind of opportunity. And so we'll have to figure that one out. Well, what I will tell you is that through She Defines, we do buy one, give one. So for every hour that someone buys of coaching, I give an hour away to someone who wants it and can't afford it. Wow. So, you know, and I think that we can easily do that for junior achievement. We can easily get, um, you know, we can put a call out to coaches and ask them to give two hours a week uh, to your junior achievement crew. And I don't think we'd have a problem finding coaches willing to do that. Yeah. And, you know, and I would call on all coaches to find a way to give back to the communities. What I, This is my only requirement when I give it away is I say this, if you're willing to do the work, I will not tell you no. Right. But you got to be willing to do the work. You got to be willing to look inside. You got to be willing to show up. Um, you know, and you got to be, it's not a, co the coaching journey is not easy. You know, the look into ourselves is not easy, but it's always worth it. Yeah. But yeah. I think we can set that up, Lori. Yeah, we need to look at that. And even just for, for women, even our circle-wise women, yep. um, but especially the younger 
who are start, just starting out their careers. I think it's so important to help them along the way. Because look how long it took me to figure out. I mean, you know, <laughs> if I would have had a coach, I would have figured it out a lot quicker probably. Um, but so I always ask everyone, and, and there's been some great um, ingredients that have come out of this, this discussion, you know, creating your plan, um, taking a step back, right? And being able to admit this is not the life that I want to lead or this is not who I am. Um, that always wanting to be better, right? Better doesn't mean good. Um, yep. And how do, how do you get to that? Aligning with your strategy, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, just your goal, right? How do you your vision, your goal? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and I think so many things, working through fear, getting clear on that vision and purpose. Mentors, you talked about mentors. And of course, we talk about coaching. Um, and what makes you feel really good? And you talked about that. So my last question is, what's Julia's main ingredient to success? I think my main ingredient is awareness of self Mm. and awareness of who I'm being in any given moment, awareness of my fear, awareness of my truth, um, an awareness of whether I'm in alignment with who I say I want to be in the world and being able to, in that awareness, you know, heal or adjust or learn. But I think that's, I think that that's been my greatest work on myself. And I think it's been the one thing that, has made me more peaceful and aligned with, you know, and listening to what my soul needs. Mm, I love that. that. And so often we are so looking out, right, outward versus inward. And I just love that. Well, I always feel good when I speak with you. I always um, am. I'm always motivated to be better uh, and, and to, you know, just inspire, like you said, to, to make people um, and help them to look within. So thank you for all oh, thank the you. Work you do. I know from personal experience with family that it works um, and it really does help people along their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so much good stuff and from such a good place, especially today. I think we all need to be looking at ourselves, looking inward. How can we be the people we want to be? How can we create the community that we need to create? And it's so important, I think, with what we're going through. So thank you so much for being with me today and being our guest. Thank you, Lori. And thank you for all you do in the world and for our youth. Oh, I'm very grateful for you. That is my purpose and my passion. So I love it. And thanks, everyone, for watching. I hope that you feel as calm as I do after talking and listening with Julia. Um, she always does have this way of, of bringing some calmness to me. Um, and so I appreciate that. So thanks for watching. I hope you enjoyed this, this episode of Jay's Recipe for Success. And let's get cooking.